Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. From the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, I am Jeremy Scott, and welcome to 2022 Together. Your support has meant so much to us over the years, and it means more now than ever as um, the world we live in plays out each and every day across the world in which we live in. It has been a rocky year and a half, two years for many people, and it's going to be rocky going ahead. I've always been fascinated in looking at how astrology can really give us some insight on what is ahead. Because astrological beliefs have influenced human history for generations. And as we begin this year together, I would like to know what to expect. Would you like to know what to expect? Well, Jeff Harmon is here to tell us. He's a second-generation astrologer and spiritual advisor. He has 47 years of experience in astrology. Hi, Jeff. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. It has been more than five years since we've had you on the program Time does fly, so yes, why don't does. Um, you get us caught up with what you've been doing uh, over the last five years? Let's start there. Well, that's a lot to cover. I don't know. Uh, that's been a lot. Five years of uh, a lot of different things. Um, been very busy. But uh, I, I can tell you one thing I've been saying for about 10 years is that... Um, you know, I've, I've been telling everybody, you know, everyone was worried about the Mayan calendar and they were worried about, you know, the world ending and Nibiru coming and everything else. And I always have been consistent in saying, watch out for 2020 forward. And the reason why um, we had a Saturn-Pluto conjunction, you probably could have set your watch to when the mainstream media hit the panic button on covid and uh, the whole world, not country, got shut down. <coughs> Very interesting because when you examine these cycles, they are 
not that infrequent in history. They happen about every 35 to 38 years. It's not exact, but close to that. And every time you go back through history, you will find something very significant changes society. And if you look at the general signification of Saturn and Pluto, Pluto's transformation, Saturn is the structures of society. And like the Roman Empire, if you go back, it officially kind of collapsed on a Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which makes them very significant. But this one was much more because I've also been warning about the 240-year Saturn-Jupiter cycle that was very, well, it wasn't very close, but all happening within 220. The Saturn-Pluto, which brought in COVID and the entire shutdown, happened right in January of 2020. And the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction happened right on the winter solstice of 2020. So not quite a year apart, but about 11 months. And um, what we're experiencing right now is the after effect of that. Just a little background, 9-11 happened on the Saturn-Pluto oppositions. The bank crashed uh, in 2008 and 2009, which rearranged the entire banking system uh, on Saturn-Pluto Square. So these are very, very significant. And um, the, the other thing that's happening now that I've been really talking a lot about is the United States chart. Um, the birth chart of the United States, as everyone knows, is July 4th, right? A lot of astrologers dispute the exact time of the signing. Um, there is some evidence that it did seem to commence somewhere around 5, 10 p.m. That was recorded by Ebenezer Sibley. But, you know, again, I wasn't there, but I, I can tell you it, it certainly seems to fit quite nicely. And um, what we've got going on is probably one of the most corrosive and I would say um, underhanded energies that we've seen since the Civil War. And uh, this is a Neptune square Mars, Neptune opposition series. And um, again, plain English on that one is this is full of trickery, uh, subterfuge, and underhanded activities. And ironically enough, in 1860, when this series completed on the United States birth chart, uh, it immediately uh, precipitated the Civil War. Well, right now, as we speak, the Neptune, same series of square Mars and opposition Neptune, started last April. Uh, the Afghan debacle, combined with all the mandates on the military and everything else, were all instituted on the second aspects this summer. And the final hurrah for the United States is happening right at the end of February through the beginning of March. Except this is different than the Civil War in 1861. And why is it different? Because we have a little additional friend visiting the United States chart known as a Pluto return. And people might say, okay, cool, what does that mean? Well, Pluto returns can only happen somewhere between every 240-something-odd years and 248 years, because that's the general synodic cycle. It's not exact, but that's the general synodic cycle of Pluto. Well, guess what? Right smack in the middle in February, when this final aspect of Neptune Squaring Mars and opposing the United States Neptune, which is the stuff that precipitated the Civil War, 
the Pluto return commences a series of three hits beginning February of this year coming up right now, 2022. And um, what does that mean in plain English? Well, I can tell you life as we know it in this country is not likely to continue quite the way we think it might be. And um, I, I think I think that is a very powerful set of energies. And even now as we speak, we have Venus retrograde. Venus just went retrograde in the middle of December of, two, you know, just this last year. And that is what we call an inferior conjunction. Um, what that means in plain English is Venus goes retrograde, just like the other planets, but it's doing so in between the Earth and the Sun, and that's called an inferior conjunction, meaning it's much more powerful because it's closer to the Earth. This was known by many different cultures, particularly the Mayans, particularly the uh, Vedantic, the Egyptian, and medieval astrologers paid very close attention to these aspects because they tend to have a very powerful, again, subterfuge energy where acts are committed or things are done behind the scenes that may not necessarily be exposed. And as Venus goes into the sun, which, by the way, will happen seven days from now on the 8th of January, things start to happen that come unraveled. Uh, that's called the com- conjunction of the sun. And that's also known as Lucifer falling by some. It's also known as the Quetzalcoatl myth by others. So it's a very powerful energy. And you couple that with... Literally, I believe it was the 19th of, uh, I I could be wrong in this, I should look, but uh, it was right in the latter, the third week of December, we commenced something known as a Kalasarpa Yoga. People listening might go, what's that? Well, Kalasarpa Yoga is a strange word for a serpent curse. It's where all of the planets are in between the eclipse points known as the moon's north and the south nodes. And um, Vedic astrologers call them Rahu and Ketu. They have very powerful and significant effects on karma, on longevity. Like everyone on this planet will die when Ketu joins with their Saturn at the same time that Rahu, the north node, will affect their Jupiter. It's the aspect of exiting the physical plane we call death. And when it happens in the sky, it affects everybody. Not that everybody's going to die, but... It's a very precarious energy. And, you know, if I were some guys like seem to be at the top of the pyramid, they certainly are picking very interesting times to implement a lot of the stuff that has happened here the last couple of years. And um, all of this is a cocktail that fits and dovetails very interestingly into what's going on with the United States. Because this Kalasarpa Yoga does not break until the third week in April of 2022. So this energy is going to be around for a while. Very strange stuff. Expect the unexpected. 
I, well, we have been expecting the unexpected and expecting the unexpected since um, I guess it would be the early uh, part of 2020, and now we are at 2022. Uh, so what you're basically telling us, Jeff, is that um, more is to come, but it's just going to be ramped up. Is that putting words in your yeah, mouth or is that about accurate? No, I mean, that, that's a fair statement. Um, I, I would say the trigger points in astrology show things are really going to start kicking here in February, uh, at the end of January into February, March, and April. That's that's when I would say. And the Pluto return isn't just one time. It actually happens three times. It doesn't complete until the end of 2022. So plain English on this. These are, see, Pluto returns are often referred to by some as the phoenix rising out of the ashes. It either brings utter total destruction of the structures that are there and rebuilds them, or it will destroy the entity itself. I'm not saying that's going to happen to the United States, but metaphorically it might in terms of the way uh, the power is structured behind the scenes. You know, I've always like to quote George Carlin, who was a dear friend of mine. And and I got to tell you, clearly, you have owners. Forget the politicians. Yes, they certainly do things and they pass laws and they can, you know, alter things. But at the bottom line, it's those who print the money who aren't in the government. They're above the Federal Reserve that really, really do the influencing. They truly are the owners. And no one knows who they are. A lot of people have a good idea. This is where I would expect some very powerful core fundamental changes to be happening in places we don't see. And it's likely to be precipitated by some really powerful opposition that we don't know who is either, just by the symbolism of the astrology. Though the thing I like the most, and one of my favorite types of astrology, is a branch of Vedic astrology known as Nadi, N-A-A-D-I. And it is really, truly one of the most profound, mystical, karmic uh, types of astrology, showing the path of not only the soul, but also the interactions and energy points that trigger on cities as well as people, well, and and countries. And of course, the United States, we're lucky enough to have a reference point. It's not that old. The United States will be 246 years old this, this coming July 4th. And of course, you know, you take countries in Europe and Russia, even though, yes, they may have been reformed like China and 49 and Taiwan and all that. The, the core elements of the countries are far, far older. And we really don't have the kind of data that we have in the United States. And the United States also is really the center of power where the wealth distribution is, is actually referenced from. And, um, in fact, if you look at Washington, D.C., it's not even in the country. It's called the District of Columbia. Of course, I've renamed it to the District of Criminals. But it's it's really an Egyptian temple. And it, um, it, it was laid out by a French architect. If you examine, anyone wants to really pick up, there's a lot of great books out on it. Um, some of the esoteric geometry uh, and, and other very occult designing of the way the streets, the buildings, the uh, geometric outlay of it is, it's very profound. And as we know, you know, the founders of this country 
were very much into the occult, particularly masonry and other things. And uh, that's all steeped in ancient Egyptian and other lore. So it's very interesting that these times are upon us right now. And um, I think it's really going to have a, a dramatic effect which way the world goes. I, I would say this, the Nadi astrology allows progressions to go out hundreds of years. And I, I pray this is right, but it leans towards the phoenix rising out of the ashes scenario and that uh, the U.S. snaps back in a much more powerful way than we might expect. And so what do you say to those who might say, well, the timing of these events are just coincidence. It, it cannot be related to anything else that is at play here. Well, I don't know what I'd say to them because they have a right to think whatever they want. Um, you know, I mean, if I spent my time arguing with those who have a different viewpoint, I'd get nothing done. But I, I would say... Um, you know, they're totally entitled to their opinion. I would say this, that um, you can't deny the timing of 9-11, the banks crashing, the COVID, and this whole thing that just okay, went on so, in the United so there's, States. So there's the answer right there. Give us some of those examples. Yeah. You're starting to do that, of, of of, and you already have done so. So go ahead. Well, I mean, that's some examples right there, a lot of examples. You know, I mean, I get examples all the time. You know, I, I actually started out as a skeptic in astrology. And believe me, if it starts failing me, I'll be a skeptic again. The um, I, I'm not interested in proving and carrying any torch for any particular thing here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very practical. When I get in my car, I trust that my speedometer says what it says. And, um, you know, it, that's the way I look at astrology. It's a very complex gauge of energy. And that's all it is. And... Um, I don't believe it predicts the future. I think it influences the future. And I, I believe free will is senior by far to astrology. And um, if it wasn't, we all wouldn't be drawing breath. But on the other hand, it sure seems to be extremely influential. And consciousness seems to have a direct bearing on just how influential it is. Um, I, I see stuff all the time that is is really amazing how, how accurate it is. You know, especially interrogation astrology is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So there's no doubt in your mind that it has a, a major influence. I mean, over the oh, years, yeah. you've been doing this uh, 47 years from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when my mother first introduced me in the 1970s, in the mid-70s, you know, she was saying things that were a bit accurate for mom's intuition, especially about the girlfriends. And then I started questioning her. I said, you know, what are you doing here? And uh, she said, well, I've got their charts. And I said, well, what do you mean you got their charts? And she said, well, I have their birth charts. And then, oh, you so know, she was trying she was, to pick out a girlfriend for you. No, she was pegging girlfriends I had. Oh, and and basically, no, she would never pick them out for me. But what she did is she would analyze a girlfriend that I had and, you know, would look at the dynamics of the relationship. And then, you know, we'd break up or something. And then I would 
you know, hear from her why. And then she said, because, you know, this, this, and this is probably the case. And, and I went, well, that's kind of interesting. I said, well, you know, you, how is this? You should have used her uh, ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, course, it, turned out, it turned out well for you uh, either way. Yeah. At least I didn't meet Lorena Bobbert or anything. But anyhow, the, the bottom line. <laughs> but anyhow, the the bottom line is, um, you know, she was very, you know, interesting because my mother was very smart, and she said, you know, before you knock it, why don't you check it out? And I did, and that's that's what really got me intrigued because I've always been really a a um, an advocate of electronics, electricity, music, acoustics. You know, I, I've always loved those sciences. And astrology is very analogous to that. You know, I mean, it's kind of like sound. When you look at the acoustics of a room, it has its inherent properties. But how its reverberation is going to be is dependent completely on the sound you make in it and how loud or soft it is. You see what I'm saying? So this is the same thing. Um, you, you take all the stuff I've spoken about earlier. Every individual is going to be affected uniquely by these energies. Some may find this is the greatest time of their lives. Others may find it's the most chaotic time of their lives. And others may not be affected at all. You see, so it's really, we're all really complex, resonant energies. You know, like one of the things I've always been against is modern astrology's um, technique of telling you oh you're a gemini you're a pisces you're an aries you know calling you your sun sign i've, I've never subscribed to that because in vedic astrology you're likely to find you're not even the same sun sign because there's almost a 24 degree difference between the sidereal systems and the tropical systems most western astrologers use the tropical zodiac which i find is a very accurate zodiac and i find the vedic astrology which uses the sidereal again is a whole nother viewpoint and you know the it, in some ways I love using both of them together because in some ways I'd have to say it sheds a light on there's no full reality. There's only perception. Everything we do is deduced through the lens of our perception of reality. And they call that the conscious mind, which is very malleable. It's very easy to be tricked. It's like a sponge. This is why mind control works. This is why advertising works. And it's not that we're all, you know, automatons. But on the other hand, the conscious mind is very easily, easily deceived. And I love working with psychiatrists and psychologists with Vedic astrology. We've made a lot of comparative analysis. And what's interesting is background, education, upbringing, environmental things, genetics are often absolutely incorrect in explaining why a person ends up a certain way. Um, they certainly have influences, to be sure. And what really is the equation that that kind of, or you could say the wild card in the equation that needs to always be added is the possibility of karma, karmic influences. Um, and these are very mysterious. And this is where you see things in Vedic astrology that you can't in others. Not quite the same way, especially naughty astrology. Okay, so maybe so talk maybe about the different about kinds the different of astrology, kinds of astrology and where your expertise lies, Jeff. 
Well, there's there's a lot of types of astrology. The the and and the problem is there's also a lot of methods of analysis in these types of astrology. Like you know, the basic stuff is you have most people when they get readings, it's your birth chart. And that's very very good because you can see not only your birth chart, but you can see the cycles up against it, which is very predictive and very valuable. It shows transits and progressions. <coughs> also, there's the doshas and the and the naughty progressions. And if you live in a different place than you were born, or if you're intending on moving to a different place than you were born, location astrology is an elegant, elegant tool that I always look at. And even if you do live in the place you're born, you're going to have transits and progressions affecting an area for a given period of time. They never stop. And today with computers and Zoom technology, I'm able to make literally movies of your own personal birth chart showing that. And it's quite profound. Um, I have found it's quite profound in my own life. So those are the main types of astrology. The other type um, is interrogation. Now, a lot of Western astrologers will know that as horary. And interrogation is a very very interesting and mysterious tool. It is not your birth chart. It is not anything to do with where you were born. It's to do with what's on your mind. And you think about that one, that proves that the universe is an interactive consciousness. And even to the flat earthers, I say, I don't care what this is. I don't care if it's all little planets and galaxies floating around or if it's a projected image that is some kind of little hologram, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is it's interacting with life here on Earth. And um, it's quite amazing. Interrogation, literally, for some examples, would be, oh, my God, I just lost my money. Where is it? I lost my wallet. Um, is so-and-so a good relationship for me? Um, should I hire so-and-so? Or, you know, so you can ask about crime. You can ask about lost, lost items, business deals, partnerships, relationships, investments. You know, not that I can give anybody investment information, but I often have people say, is it in my best interest? What, what would my money do? And I tell them what the chart says, and it's up to them whether or not they do it. Um, here's a perfect example. I, I have a great story to tell that just happened. I have a, a very dear friend and client who had some very expensive gemstones that I had made for this person. Beautiful gemstones. I'm, we're talking a lot of money here, so I'm not going to get into how much, but a lot. So what happened was I get the phone call. Oh, my God, my gems are gone. So immediately, what do I do? I cast an interrogation chart. That's not the person's birth chart. That is literally casting a chart for the moment that I understand the question. The first house or the eastern horizon is the querent. In this case, we're concerned about what? possessions. That's the second house. And interestingly enough, the second house ruler was Venus. Well, if anybody knows anything about astrology, Venus is the general significator of gemstones. See? Totally fit. That's called a that is called a chart that is radical, meaning it makes sense. It should match reality. So, totally incensed. I mean, this was probably over $100,000 and I said, the only thing I can tell you is they're going to come back. 
I said, it's going to be strange. It's going to be really emotional and it's not going to be fun, but somehow they're going to come back. Well, first week goes by, rip the house apart, rip the environment apart. Nothing. Absolutely not in this place. Gone. And the person lived in a very big um we'll just say apartment complex and a lot of people. So I said, it's somewhere not directly in your environment, but it's not anybody's hand. Nobody stole it. And this person said, well, God, the only place it could be is in the laundry room. I said, well, that, that kind of fits, you know, because it's in the 10th house. So, and of course, you know, you've got 20 something people that uh, families, et cetera, that live in this complex. The possibilities of it existing there and not being stolen are, pretty much slim and none, right? Especially when someone sees gems like that. So I get the call yesterday, said, oh my God, I just heard from the building manager. Somebody put my gems on top of the dryer, all of them. And they were all, they were all in great shape, but the cord that held them together was all twisted up. And the building manager who never goes in the laundry room ever because the building manager has her own, um, you know, laundry. So she um, she puts it in a bag and sets it outside this person's door. And I get the call. Oh my God, everything is here. They're in perfect shape. I can't believe it. I mean, just screaming with joy, screaming with joy. I know I would have been, especially those gems. And you know, what's the chances of that? Now, the skeptics have come back and say, yeah, but, you know, you can't do that twice, can you? Well, actually, I've done it probably thousands of times. Not I, but the chart has done itself thousands of times. I've had people call up and say, my best friend's going to, he's in the hospital. Do you think he'll make it through the night? No, I don't. The chart says he's going to probably take the pipe, and he did. Um, Then I'll get things like, you know, uh, should I do this or do that? And the chart is just right on. You know, I had another time, uh, I had a guy with a construction company, a bunch of money in his, um, he kept it in his shop with the door open his in his welder, thousands, thousands of dollars because he didn't want it in the bank. So goes in there one morning, it's all gone. Calls me up. Oh my God. Every single, I said, I can't believe it. All this money is gone. I said, do you got any kids around there? And one of them's named Matthew, because sometimes you can get names from astrology. And uh, he says, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. Um, and I said, uh, I just said M, and he, he said Matthew. And I said, well, I would go out there and scare him and tell him, you know, you're going to call the FBI if they don't put it back. And and uh, if that money isn't back in there tomorrow, you're you're going for it. So he did. The next day, the money was back. And it was a very same type of chart that these gems were there. And um, I've had people call me up about animals, about business deals, about marriages. And it's always, it's so accurate, it's creepy. And um, you say, well, how could this be? And that's because our lower conscious minds do seem to be in an interactive consciousness with this celestial matrix. Yeah, it definitely is. It sounds like it's a. It, the odds are more than coincidence. Uh, would you yeah, agree? More, much more. Yep. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'm not here promoting astrology. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be busy if it didn't work. You know, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I've got guys doing gigantic real estates all over the globe, real estate deals and business deals, and they're calling me up for good times to go do it. You know, and I can't tell them what to do. But if they decide they want to commence an act at a good time, they want to put the extra energy on it. Now, whether or not they do it, that's their business. But um, yeah, and, and then we have electional astrology. Electional astrology is a whole nother world. That's the opposite of interrogation. This is picking an auspicious time at which to commence an act. For instance, I do a lot of wedding elections. Like someone will say to me, hey, I'm going to get married. Hey, can, can, can you give me a good time? Absolutely. You want to get married, if you can, with the ruler of the eastern horizon in harmony with the ruler of the western horizon. You better have the moon do it in something lovely, too. And it's amazing. And I can't tell you how many charts I've examined where someone will say to me, what the heck happened to this marriage? We got married on this date. And I'll say, yeah, right here, about two years later, was this when it happened or five years? And usually, invariably, you will see very bad aspects that were set up like a time bomb in the chart. And when they perfected by progression, it really went south. So electional astrology is used for a lot of things. I do a lot of electional surgeries for people. Surgeries like I got to have my cataracts removed. I've got to have, you know, I do a lot of cosmetic stuff for people, especially living out here. So people want to alter their looks in whatever way. And uh, I never, you can't really work in the medical profession with I tell them is get from your doctor the days that are available and then we'll pick the best day and avoid the bad ones. So uh, that and then also forming corporations, uh, launching websites, launching projects, electional astrology is, is really valuable for that because it's not going to make you talented. It's not going to make you successful if you're not able to be. But it's certainly going to make sure there's no energies that are going to screw it up if you are uh, very dedicated and focused at what you're doing. It puts the wind at your back. And then the last type of astrology is mundane, which is what we talked about earlier, like the Kalasarpa Yoga, the Venus Retrograde, and of course, um, astrology that affects countries and the world at large that's that's what's happening in the sky to all of us and then there's probably one more i could mention it's called medical astrology you got to be careful with that one because um i don't want to get a phone call from some law firm saying you're practicing medical astrology well you can't practice medicine you know you got to have a license to practice medicine but what i do do is use the ancient art of interrogation where people will say to me, hey, I just been to two doctors and we got two different opinions or what does the astrology say that's ailing me? There's Ayurvedic astrology and there's ancient medieval medical astrology, which can really help point in directions of, of energetic imbalances. And then I tell people, you can take that up with your doctor or whatever other method you want to do to at least have a direction to look as to what the astrology says. And it's been amazingly accurate. Um, I can't tell you how many times that's been accurate. And even in the face of allopathic medicine science, it's, it's really shown up. Like, for instance, you know, someone, I had a doctor who was a dear friend of mine, 
and client, and he was battling prostate cancer for years. Um, and I said to him, he, well, he asked me, he said, Jeff, what could astrology offer that I could maybe improve my health? And I said, well, Jim, location astrology. I said, let's plant you on your sun line, which just for him happened to be in Hawaii. Now, it won't be that way for you or me or someone else. It could be, but it's not likely to be. So he had a really good line there. He went there. His PSAs dropped out of the sky. He called me up and said, I can't believe this. He was there for almost a year was almost in complete remission and doing so much better, gaining weight, etc. And then his friend lost the house um, in a foreclosure and he had to move. So he ends up moving back to a really bad line and he was out of here within just about a year later. And um, he had asked me an interrogation once he was back in that location. He said, do you think I'm, I'm going to be okay? And I said, Jim, I... I got to tell you, this chart's telling you if you don't do something radical, you're probably not long for this earth. And uh, he wasn't. And uh, it's really saddening because, you you know, you want to, and he wanted to, too. He just didn't have the financial wherewithal anymore from all the expenses to to do it. So that that's some basics of the types of astrology. And uh, they're very, very okay, useful so if you let, apply let me them. Let ask you this, okay. because um, yeah. there have been... I've been hearing it from people. They don't like what's going on right now. They want to relocate. Maybe it's the mandates in their local oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. communities. They want to go somewhere sure. where there are no mandates, uh, whether right. it's um, the increase in crime, because that has been a big issue uh, over the past couple of years. And they want to go to some place where there's not as much crime. Huge. Um, yeah, huge. Is, that, is that something that, that people ask Jeff Harmon? Hey, where's a good place to get out of here? All the time. All the time. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are flocking to states where they feel <clears throat> they're not going to be regulated like this. Absolutely. I've even had doctors call and say, you know, I'm 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 exiting stage left out of this particular facility because I'm not going to deal with this. And they say, where is a good location for me? And what I do is I put up their location astrology, which is specific to them. And uh, they can see where inherently good places are. Um, you, you've always got to look at your energies versus the, the, the location. I mean, sometimes we have great energies in places that aren't favorable. Other times we do. But I always look at it this way. <coughs> it's all just energy. And I've seen people live in so-called very challenging places that actually, when they change their perception of reality in it, or you could say their reaction to the energy and understood it more appropriately, they actually made it work for them. So, you know, again, it's all just energy. This is what they teach you in martial arts, is how can you deflect adverse energy and turn it to your favor? And this is the way I love to look at this stuff, because you can't stop it, but you can certainly react to it the appropriate way. It's like driving a car. You cannot control everybody else on the road, but you can certainly control how you react to everybody else on the road. And that can mean the difference between life and death. So it's it's that kind of an analogy. Absolutely. So in the final time that we have in the program, Jeff, I'd like you to, you know, you're not pulling out your crystal ball, uh, but you are looking ahead, sort of speak into. I don't have one. Yeah. What, what's ahead over the coming uh, quarter or six months or, or, or this year? 
Well, like I said, I, I think we're about ready to see some unprecedented things go on at a very high level. Uh, the United States itself has energies it's never experienced. And um, I mean, a Pluto return is serious stuff. And it's completing, or I should say it's commencing, the Pluto return is commencing right on the final commencement of the Neptune square Mars, Neptune opposition, Neptune series. Well, like the first time in 50 years or something like that? Well, no, uh, the Pluto's 248 years. About 246 to 248, and the country will be 246 years this July 4th. So it's right on. You see, you're not dealing with years here. You're dealing with synodic cycles of planets. And this is why we have leap years. See, when you look at celestial cycles, which are also known as the synodic cycles of planets, rotations, as well, I should say, as, uh, orbital cycles. They're not as linear as our years try to make them be. They are what they are. And they're very, very accurate. And, you know, this, this is why it's not just mathematically perfect to what we round off as a day or a year or a month. So, um, you know, again, this Pluto return to the United States is happening, uh, commencing right in the middle of February, coming right up a month from now. And um, I, I would a month and a half from now. And I would also say that goes on three times this year. The most important thing is it's commencing right as the end of this very, very, um, crooked Neptune square Mars opposition. Neptune series is finishing. You've got to remember the civil war broke out exactly right after that. So I don't think we're going to see a civil war like we've ever seen then, but I think we're going to see dissension and powerful forces really, really moving hard to make some very profound changes. And we're going to have to wait and see how that all drops out. The Internet's full of all kinds of sensational predictions, most of which never come true. Some of them are okay. Some of them might be accurate. Um, I think what I like about astrology is you see trigger points that almost invariably happen. The question is, is exactly how they're going to play out. It's going to be an amalgam of that energy and the collective free will of the forces that are opposing it and pushing it. So, and this one's complex. It's very complex. Uh, in the immediate future, uh, next weekend is when Venus conjuncts the sun. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. That That is, see, when Venus is retrograde, both the inner planets, Mercury, and, and we've also got Mercury about to go retrograde in 12 days, you see? So that's another little fly in, in, the, in the ointment here. See, uh, on January 14th, you've got, Venus is retrograde right now. Okay, v Venus technically went retrograde 20, uh, well, actually it went uh, on December 19th. So that was about 13 days ago. So it will go into the eye of the sun. See, right now, Venus is the evening star, which means it's occidental. It sets after uh, the sun sets. That's called occidental. If you think the oil companies aren't into astrology, why do they have one called Occidental Petroleum? <laughs> so anyways, the, the long story short is the, um, the Occidental phase or the evening star phase of Venus 
will stop right about the 8th. That's when it conjoins into the eye of the sun. That's the Lucifer falling metaphor. What that means is acts were committed and things happened during that time that often become very regrettable and they're very powerful and they may not be manifest in the public eye, but they happen. And what happens is it goes into the eye of the sun and converts over now to becoming the morning star. Now, it takes a little time for it to get out there and we see it. And then it will go in what we call the oriental phase. That's what rising above, rising before the sun means. So as it goes to its elongation, um, which is its farthest point out, which happens right at the end of the month, Venus will station right around the 29th, 30th, and then go direct. See, it will clearly be the morning star then. So if anyone gets up early in the morning, they'll see it rising above the horizon first, especially the closer you get to the end of the month. And that is its completional phase. Well, Mercury's also sliding back retrograde, doing the same darn thing, but it's doing it differently. It starts out as the morning star, and then we'll turn around and come and be the evening star. But you don't see Mercury as much. It's too close to the sun. You see, you'd have to use an optical device to see that. But a lot of folks could use a program that I, I love to use. It is a um, program called, uh, let me see, what is it here? It's called Skyview. Skyview is amazing because what it does is um, it uses your iPhone or a droid and it literally through GPS allows you to locate any of the planets above and below the horizon. And it's right on, boy, you can see right where they are. And uh, it's another way of looking at astronomy. That's very, very interesting. And uh, but these are powerful times. The Kalasarpa Yoga, which is all planets between the moon's north and south node, is exceeding curse, right? That's right. And what's happening also, too, is that's got what we call lunar mansions known as nakshatras that are about to shift as well. So and all that's happening near the end of the month, too. So it's a complex amalgam of energies that I think are going to have a huge effect on the things that we're seeing in the mundane world of the United States. This is pretty heavy duty stuff and uh, unprecedented. And, and that's uh, what is that what like a two week cycle or something like that? Well, no, the Kalas, no, the Kalasarpa Yoga will go on until the third week in April. However, every two weeks, the moon will break it. See, the moon always is, is going around the entire Earth's zodiac every, you know, again, month, right? So it's so every 27 and a half, 28 days. So it, every two weeks, it will swing out over the north node and make it sojourn and break the Kalasarpa Yoga. However, technically, it's still going on. So it, it isn't really broken until it is broken, I believe, by Mercury in the um, third week of April. Very, very powerful stuff. Are there things beyond uh, April looking into the latter part of the year, say uh, the second My half friend, of the it year? never stops. It never <laughs> stops. Yeah, I mean, we could sit here all night and talk about that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's profound stuff always going on. And some of it's good. You know, you're going to have uh, Saturn is going to be squaring the nodes. That's coming up here in April. You know, there's a lot of trigger points going on. Absolutely. Yeah, this mundane astrology 
it's just that. It's what's going on in the sky, and it never, ever, ever stops, ever. And uh, the big cycles that I can see right now seem to have already done what they've done, uh, meaning the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which brought in COVID. I mean, if you look at 9-11, which was the Saturn-Pluto opposition, I remember that. I was in Beverly Hills at the time, and I had said, something's coming down, and it's going to be heavy duty. And it wasn't the next day, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, but boom, towers smoldering, and they came down like sparklers from jet fuel. And the, you know, the media did what the media did, and it kicked in the Patriot Act globally. It had far, far-reaching effects on everything for years to come, forever. You will never run through an airport again and say, wait, don't close the door. You know, it's not going to happen because now, you know, you're going to be scanned, shaken upside down or do whatever they do to get anywhere. And this whole far reaching eavesdropping government stuff has has literally, I mean, if, if you want to count the reams of papers of laws that were passed that have so many deep, far-reaching, secretive effects on the world global society security system. On 9-11 alone, that was tremendous. The same thing on the banks crashing with the Saturn-Pluto Square. COVID will be the same way because we're seeing now things that are being put in place and mandated, et cetera, et cetera, that are peripheral but yet adjunct to it that are going to have changing effects on the society for eons to come. I mean, it just will. And that's, again, these guys are smart. If, if you know, they, they certainly know what they're doing. I'll say that. They, they definitely use astrology. <laughs> and I really appreciate you coming on the program. It's been far too long. I promise not to make it, uh, you know, another five years before we talk again. Let's do it again real soon, Jeff, okay? Sounds great, my friend. It's Jeff Harmon. Tell us about your website and where folks can uh, find out more about you and schedule a, um, an astrology session with you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the best way to get through to me is always Jeff at JeffHarmon.com. And that's H-A-R-M-A-N.com. Jeff at JeffHarmon.com. But that's always the best way. Fantastic. You have a, a great, uh, a great start to the year. And uh, thank you for coming on the program. Yeah, I, I have a positive outlook. This might be crazy, but it's probably going to be ending up. Phoenix out of the ashes, ending up better than we think. We'll see where it goes. We'll see if you're. We'll see if it, if it plays out that way. I appreciate everybody for tuning into the program tonight, and we'll talk to you again real soon here on Into the Paranormal, somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. I'm Jeremy Scott from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon. We'll do it again next time.